1: Welcome back, everyone. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about the power of activity analysis and applying the granum ratios to the real world. This is an area that requires not only knowing what the ratios are, but how to apply them in a way that inspires FRs to make small changes in activity that lead to disproportionately larger changes in productivity. We'll talk through six of the key benchmark ratios and give you some examples of how to apply them. Then we'll role play how to do an activity analysis meeting with an FR. Heather, what has been your experience with activity analysis?
0: Yeah, over the years, we have seen so many people actually cringe at the numbers, right? Right. Or balk at digging deeper into them. But this is really where, as a coach, you have the opportunity to shine. The ratios are a necessary and impactful topic for activity coaches and even for producers alike. We've had CUDs, GDDs attend our clinics in the past, and they have commented on how much they have learned about the impact of the ratios for themselves and their businesses personally. So it can be a lot of numbers, but if you become an expert in them, it actually can be fun. I couldn't
1: agree more. And I will tell you right up front, I am definitely not a math person. So I learned a long time ago not to think of it as math, but to think of it as looking for trends and patterns, because that's really what you're doing. CRM, Excel, I mean, there are a lot of places that'll do the math for you. So I wanna start by explaining that there are actually three levels of activity to consider, totals, averages, and ratios. Totals are just that. Those are the raw numbers that an FR needs to hit regardless of the time they put in. For example, 250 fact finders is a total. It's a number that doesn't change regardless of how many days, weeks, or months you have to get there. The next level is the averages. Now, averages can be useful in certain situations, but they can also be tricky. Reps tend to want to prorate their activity to the days worked and ignore the totals. So for example, they may work three days, keep nine appointments, and then say, but I kept three a day, but they didn't hit the total required of 15. So averages are best for comparison purposes. Like say you were looking at the first three months compared to the second three months, and that's how you could see improvements. The third level of activity is the ratios. Now ratios measure skill and effectiveness. So for example, the closing ratio measures how good a rep is at moving people to action. The percentage of times a rep asks for referrals relative to their kept appointments is an effectiveness ratio as well as is the number of names they get per time asked. So you really have to watch all three because all three of those levels have to be in sync for the overall health of a rep's practice. If you're only looking at one of them, it's possible to look good on the surface and still be struggling underneath. Now, Heather, where can producers and leaders go to find this wonderful information?
0: Yes, so for our NM clients who are listening, obviously CRM is the go-to resource for tracking all activity. Totals, averages, and ratios. But of course, GI, GO applies, right? Garbage in, garbage out. For today, we're going to assume that your producers have good posting habits and that their numbers are accurate. So the monthly activity and ratios report is my favorite go to report for an easy yet comprehensive summary of all three types of activity. So the totals are summarized on the first page, the averages and the ratios can be found on the second page. And this report can be found in the same location as the Blue Book Report under Classic Reports. If you are not already incorporating this resource into your monthly or quarterly reviews, do it now. (laughs) It really will be a game changer in your activity coaching. So Sabina, do you want to take us through some of the actual ratios and benchmarks? Yes, I do. Thank you for asking. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, let's look at some of those. So there are a lot of ratios. I'm going to key in on six of them. So remember Granum's adage about knowing the truth of your situation. The reps that you coach might be higher or lower than these benchmarks. So these are a starting point. So number one, and this is the source of many, many issues, asking for prospects, right? So at least 75 to 80% of kept appointments, your reps should be asking right? At least 75 to 80% of their kept appointments, if they're keeping 60 a month. Now, why, Sabina, aren't you saying it should be 100%? Well, obviously, if it were 100%, that would be awesome. And we're not ruling that out. But as I said, we're talking about applying these ratios in the real world. So there are often times that keep reps from asking. Sometimes when they're brand new, they forget, they run out of time, they have a joint partner who doesn't ask and so forth. So if they're seeing the right number of people and they're asking 75 to 80% of those kept appointments, they should be fine. The second part of that or the second ratio we're going to look at is how many names are they getting per time asked? On average, they should be getting two to three names every time they ask for referrals if they're properly prepared. That's straight out of Granum. Granum says if you're not getting three names every time you ask, you are not a professional prospector. So those are the two things that you wanna look at, asking for prospects, and then how many are they getting per time asked. The third ratio, and one of the most important ones, is how many then of those QSs are turning into fact finders. 30 to 35% of the QSs should be turning into fact finders Relatively quickly. This is the 10 to 3 of 10 3 1. And it's a key statistic for future success, one that you should look at early and often. A lot of times that ratio will be at 20%. And you think, oh, they're getting close. But that 10% ratio can make a huge difference in the output. So that's the thing that happens right away. It's the 3 to 1 that happens later, but that 10 to 3 happens quickly. Another key ratio that goes directly to productivity is the cases open to closes. So this is a little bit of a weird ratio. It should be 125 to 150% by at least the third month. And the reason that it's over 100 is it's net of cases that never make it to a close, which should be minimal, but it's also inclusive of multiple closes. So if I ask Heather to take action and she wants to think about it, and then I ask her again a week later, she wants to think about it some more, I ask her again, and the third time she buys, I actually get three closing attempts for that, for that one open case. So that's why it's over 100%. This is one that I think people don't pay enough attention to. And this is one of the reasons I have found is that, I mean, there's several reasons, but one of the main ones is reps want to often cherry pick their cases And they want to move forward quickly with the ones that they feel pretty confident will close. And then some of them stay on the back burner for a while. I always like to say, let the process do its work. Everybody that you open should have an opportunity to say yes or no to you. That's not as a rep, that's not your decision to make. So you really want to pay attention to that. And in your activity coaching meetings, one of the questions you always want to ask when people have an open case is when is the close scheduled? Not is it scheduled, but when is it scheduled? And that will tell you very, very quickly if people are moving things forward. The fifth one is the closing ratio. So if you're doing a good job of moving people to the close, what percentage of them are you able to influence to take action? So when you're selling to someone for the first time, it's gonna be in the neighborhood of 33 to 40%, right? Because you're getting them on board the first time. When you are selling to someone who is an existing client, the good news is it shoots up to 60%. So that bodes well for the future. So by the second, third year and beyond, the total closing ratio for new and existing should average out to about 45 to 50%. If it's below that, joint work will affect that maybe two or three percentage points, but really not that much, which we'll talk about in a later episode. And the last one, the sixth ratio, this is not, <laughs> this is not a granum ratio. This is Sabina's observation of 30 years of looking at reps' activity.
0: A sabina We call these your
1: sabina Yes, that's right. It's a Sabinaism. 80% or more of the appointments a rep keeps should be in the core activities of fact-finding, opening, and closing. So that leaves 20% for follow-up, prospecting-only appointments, policy deliveries, appointments that don't necessarily go anywhere. But that should really be... or less of their kept appointments, or 80% or more of the appointments that they keep should be facts, opens, and closes. That's a really good effectiveness measure out in the marketplace too. It helps you make sure that they're not just out there visiting and socializing.
0: Heather, anything you want to add to that? No, I mean, I would just say that it's easy to get lost in the numbers, right? They can start going over your head pretty quickly but it really does pay to dig into them and to really understand them. And what I love most about the numbers and the ratios is that it allows you to take the emotion out of the results, right? It really is the science. So when you're activity coaching and you're talking to reps and you know, they're like, I don't know, I'm just frustrated because all of my meetings are canceling. None of them are keeping. A quick glance at their made-to-kept ratio can tell you that the reality is they're keeping 50% of the meetings and while it might feel like everyone is canceling, they're in the norm. And so as a coach, I think it's really important to help make sure that you are connecting the numbers and comparing that to how they feel to give them a taste of reality. So we can't really reiterate enough that the numbers tell you the truth of your situation, good or bad, right? Yep, that's
1: exactly right.
0: Yeah, so now it is time for our... Say, say that, that again. Again. Again, again.
1: Again. All right, so what we're going to do today is we're going to go through what a difference in one metric can make to actual dollars in a rep's pocket. So we're going to take you through a detailed activity analysis, but we're going to key in on one particular metric. So Heather's going to be the rep, and she's a good one, as you'll see. (laughs) And we're going to just walk through this, (laughs) right? You're a good rep, rep. So we're just going to drop into the middle. Just to give you a little setup, it's the end of the year, and we're looking at a year's worth of data. So these numbers are going to be pretty solid. Okay. So, Heather, one of the things we're going to do is walk through an activity analysis, but we're going to key in on one metric. So, let me ask you a question. If I could show you what a change in one of your ratios would do, that it would actually generate about 20,000 of additional revenue for you, would you be interested in that? Heck yeah.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. I know we regularly analyze your activity. So today we're going to shine a spotlight on the percentage of your open cases that move to a close. Okay. Mm -hmm. Tell me, Heather, do you know what that percentage should be? 125 to 150 percent. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Do you know what your current ratio is?
0: I think I'm in the 80s somewhere. Is that right?
1: Yes. You're at 88 percent. Okay. Yep. You're at 88%. So a little bit of a gap between where you are and where you should be. Now, you know, you've gotten really good results with that, but I want to show you that if we could move that 88% to 125%, Mm -hmm. even at the low end of what it should be, what a difference that would make. So you have currently 240 open cases. And the good news about this is what you need is already there. It's not like you have to go generate more stuff. It's a processing issue. So if we went from 88 to 125%, then you would suddenly have 300 closes Hmm. instead of 212. Nice. So that'd be 88 more closes spread out over the course of the year. Yeah, which is about seven closes a month, which doesn't seem like that much, right? I mean, you generally do a great job of closing anyway.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would fill up my calendar though, too, which would feel good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it would. Absolutely. And what we know about you, Heather, is that you're a good closer. You have a 54% closing ratio. So if we applied that to 300 closes versus 212, now all of a sudden, you'd have 162 submitted lives, Wow, which is 48 more lives than you have at your current stat. Now, we also know about 15% of your business doesn't make it through underwriting, which is perfectly normal. We expect that. That's why you always have to submit a little bit more than what you need. So even if we netted that out, you'd still have then 138 paid-for lives, which is 41 more lives than you ended the year with. So that's pretty significant.
0: Dang, that'd be awesome.
1: (laughs) And so here's the thing. So I know that you're working on increasing your average case size. Currently, you're at about $800 of premium per life. Mm -hmm. So now, again, if we just applied that to the new lives stat, right? 138 lives, all of a sudden you'd have $110,400 of paid for premium, Hmm. which is an additional almost 33,000 of paid premium. So that's a pretty significant number, right? Mm -hmm. Now, so let's go even further with that. You're on tap, right? So if we applied your tap rate to that premium, now all of a sudden you're at $86,112 of FYCs, Hmm. which is an $18,000 increase.
0: I'll take a raise. (laughs) I'd love a raise.
1: Yeah. You don't have to do that much to give yourself a nice big raise. And here's the next piece of it. There's more, right? Because you're also... Remember when I said you were a good rep? You're also really good at your new clients to lives ratio. So of those 138 paid lives, 64% of them are new clients. So now all of a sudden, assuming that doesn't change and there's no reason to think it would, you've got 88 new clients which is 26 more than what you had. So you were already at a good number, but now you're at a significantly better number, which actually raises your new client bonus from 3.4% to 6%. And I know that you've been really excited about that new client bonus. So what that means is if we apply 6% to your new FYC total of 86,112, now all of a sudden you're getting a $5,100 new client bonus instead of a $3,100 new client bonus. What do you think about that?
0: An extra 2000 plus. Yeah, I'll take it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right? So for just seven closes a month, if you could get that 88% to 125%, if we looked at the increase in your TAP commissions, your first year commissions, and the increase in your new client bonus, it's just over $21,000 of additional actual revenue for you. So what do you think?
0: Oh my gosh, I'm excited. I had no idea and it doesn't sound too hard. I'm actually excited to talk a little bit about the... The how-to, like, let's talk about how I can increase that, discuss some strategy.
1: Absolutely. I think we
0: can put together a plan and get you there.
1: I think it's a great plan for next year. All right. So Heather, I was just going to ask you how you felt about going through that kind of an analysis.
0: I mean, as a rep, I would say it would be hard not to get excited, right? I mean, the numbers don't lie. Yeah. And reps are busy in the day to day, right? They're busy working on the activity Mm -hmm. and out seeing people. They're not going to take the time to dig into the numbers like this. And so, what an incredible value you just added to the reality of my situation, but also in terms of painting a picture of what could be. I think that's what's most exciting. And I think what coaches sometimes forget, maybe don't forget or they don't have the skill, but to be able to see the impact that you can have and helping paint the picture of what success could really look like and taking them. the next level. So I thought it was awesome.
1: Exactly. I think it also shows you that it doesn't have to be always about what's missing and negative about you're not doing enough, you're not doing enough. It can be used to really be motivational Mm -hmm. and inspiring.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, this episode is focused all on the ratios themselves. So that's what our role play was, was specifically on the ratios. The next part of the conversation, obviously, Mm -hmm. would have been strategy, right? Okay, let's talk about how to get you those additional closes. Correct. Well, for more details on understanding the ratios, how to coach to them, and really how to take your reps to a next level, check out our advanced clinic at heatherpriceconsulting.com backslash events. Thanks for joining us today for Activity Coaching Conversations with
1: Heather and Sabina. If you found value in this conversation, please like, share, and leave a review in your favorite podcast app.
0: And to learn more about our activity coaching clinics and how to hone your skills, visit heatherpriceconsulting.com. Link is in the show notes.
1: Thanks again for listening. Keep learning and growing.